Okay, we are recording. Um, this is interesting. I have my earpods in. I'm sitting in my bedroom, and I've got some comfy clothes on, and I've got my little poodle doggy Spencer right here with me. And I just, I've had a lot on my mind lately, and one of the questions and one of the things that keeps popping into my head is why do I have so much to say and is what I have to say relevant is what I have to say something that somebody needs to hear and also what I have to say does it matter and how do I share what I have to say and it be authentic and it be coming from a place of just feeling called to speak about the things that are on my mind and in my heart Um, and how do I as a person not overthink those things and just begin to speak genuinely and authentically so here's an attempt at trying to do that and oftentimes I think I feel whenever I speak that I have to have excitement in my voice and, you know, I've I've got to be a little bit louder to, to gain attention and maybe I have to try to be funny or, which I'm not funny at all, uh, anyone that knows me knows that I'm much more of a serious kind of guy and I think I'm just going to throw all of that aside for this and I hope it's entertaining enough that you can stay by and listen especially if there is somebody that needs to hear the topics um, that I want to talk about today uh, what I want to talk about is forgiveness and I want to say that word again the the topic and the word that that I want to talk about today is forgiveness I went through a period in my life after I lost my mother to small cell lung cancer. Um, If you followed me for a while, you know that I lost my mom whenever I was 17 years old, five days after I graduated from high school. It's played a huge role and uh, a huge part of, of, you know, making me the, the person that I am today, going and dealing through the grief and the pain and, you know, being reminded constantly of how short life is and how important relationships are and even failing at relationships with family and friends and significant others and and then having to be humbled back to remember you know just how important our relationships with each other are Um, I'm always brought back to that uh, because of what I went through after losing my mom and Uh, I'm always able to come back and realize how important and how valuable relationships are in life because of her loss. Um, And and I'm grateful for that. After she did pass, though, my father began to date and I was actually okay with that. It was really, really interesting. My mother was, if you knew my mother, Or if you didn't, this will tell you what kind of woman she was. As she was getting sick, she began to 
out loud in front of just my father and myself say to my father that no matter you know what happens and for her she was making the point that it, it was inevitable that she was going to pass but she was insinuating that to me so I could try to pick that up um, but she made it very clear out loud to my father and myself that if and when she did pass in her lifetime or in our lifetime rather that my father was the type of man that really really truly did better whenever he was with a woman when he was with another woman um, and had that companionship uh, my, my father loved my mother dearly and they were such a beautiful representation of of love and relationship um, so hearing her say that to him I think we both were kind of like what in the world are you talking about but what she did was she set it up so that when she did pass I think she knew that my father would pursue a relationship fairly quickly after her passing uh, because that is who he is he is a man who does enjoy the companionship um, and and we all deserve that um, and I think if you've lost somebody and you know you've you've began the grieving process and you're ready to begin to date again you you deserve that you deserve that companionship and nobody will ever fill any void uh, of a loss I would imagine um, from that type of love that, that they had that I was able to witness and watch but you certainly deserve that companionship and a new type of love after loss um, so my father began to date and he began to date a woman that in the very beginning was um, it's very difficult for me to talk about because I, I, I really I'm not the guy that likes to speak poorly or negatively about anyone but this is my truth and this is my reality and it's such a big part of how we get to the power of forgiveness and what I learned uh, when, when I learned and how I learned what the definition of forgiveness even is. So I, I bear with me as I try to speak through this for the first time and I recorded which could potentially re I release as a public public sort of conversation. Um, bear with me. She was, I'll give you a couple of examples of the type of person that she was without calling her any sort of names or um, saying that she was a bad person she actually had a past herself where she was I believe married prior to, to meeting my father and was pr pretty much not allowed to leave her home as I understand it uh, maybe some abuse mentally for sure I don't know about physically or sexually but but definitely forms of manipulation and abuse from from what I understand so she came from a, a, a past of, of hurt and pain and she began to take that out on me when she and my father began to date. Keep in mind, I'm still 
you know, very young at the time. I lost my mother at 17, and this was just a year or two after losing my mom. So I'm fairly new to the, the grieving process and really trying to understand and also being accepting of the fact that my father is dating someone new. And like I said, my mother set that up so perfectly. So I was I was actually excited for my dad to date. I, I know it sounds crazy, but my mom was so smart and how she set that up before she passed that I truly was excited to, to, you know, not for me to have another mom, but just to have that female figure um, in my life. And then to see my dad's eyes light up and to see his smile um, show up again. I was excited for that. So I was excited for me and for my dad. Um, this this relationship with this lady, with my dad, seemed really good. You know, they were, they laughed a lot. I remember hearing them crack up. I remember, you know, them really genuinely having a good time. And I think because I was such a, a youngster, uh, you know, young male, it was an odd time because, you know, at that point, I'm not going to consider her a stepmother and she would have certainly not considered me a stepson. But it's this new relationship, you know, where she's having a great time with my father and they seem to be very happy. And, you know, at that, at that time, I, I think I was really excited about pursuing my dreams and moving to California and, um, trying to just make sure that I was grieving as much as possible and spending time with friends and, and the family that I had left. And it, it was an interesting just time, I think, in every one of our lives. But it's no excuse for the way that she treated me. Um, one example, the first time I met her, my father asked if I wanted to come meet her and her family at a restaurant in Clemson, South Carolina. And I brought a friend with me. Her name was Carrie. And we went to go have dinner. If you hear my doggy barking, I apologize. But we went to go have dinner with her and her family. I was excited um, to, to meet her family and, and to meet her and I was really excited. So, so this is the very beginning of of what what kicked off and started this this relationship that became very unhealthy with with my dad's now wife. So we go to dinner, and you know, I sit down, and we're probably 15 to 20 minutes into having dinner, and I look over and I realize that that this lady is wearing all of my mother's jewelry. Keep in mind, my mother's jewelry was very, I'd seen it my whole life, okay? So it was one of those things that it was very specific jewelry. One was an added diamond that my dad would give her a diamond for that bracelet every year they had been together. So there was over like 25 or 30 diamonds, I think, in that bracelet, and then, of course, her ring was very specific. And I remember being a child whenever she got the baguettes that she set the ring in. And I mean, it was just very specific jewelry that I obviously knew was 
was her. So I looked over and I saw the jewelry on this woman's, you know, hands and arms. And it, it really broke me in that moment. And it really just didn't make a lot of sense to me. So I asked my dad, you know, I whispered in his ear, got up and whispered in his ear if he would walk outside with me. And he did. And I just asked, you know, why she was wearing mom's jewelry. And my dad genuinely, I still believe to this day, just did not think that that was wrong. Um, I think he just saw it as jewelry that he had purchased. And, you know, maybe for certain men, there's just not a significance to the material things. But for me, for whatever reason, the nostalgia of my childhood and seeing my mother wear that every day and those pieces and to know what they meant to her, to be able to feel what I thought they meant to her as a kid, it it meant something to me. So to see another lady accepting that jewelry and wearing it as if it were hers. um, In fact, later on realizing that she knew that they were my mother's, that was a difficult first interaction you know with her and uh we we left that dinner and there was a lot of things that happened that was that was very strategically and methodically a bit manipulative looking back on it on her behalf to me i'll just share one more example uh there's so many examples so actually i'll share two more examples i came home one day and um, had been with friends and, and you know, enjoying being a, a teenager to, to the, the best of my ability, as we all try to do as teenagers. And I came home and I actually sat down on the bed and I had on a pair of jeans that were true religion jeans. And back then, I had been to New York one time at that point, just traveling for for fun we drove and you know on basically had 20 bucks in our pocket and kind of just drove to new york and stayed with a friend that actually lived in new jersey so let me take that back we it was new jersey and then we would just come over into into new york city um but i got a pair of of true religion jeans that i had like purposefully like saved a specific amount of money that I was only going to use to be able to buy me a really nice pair of jeans. Um, and then the, the other little bit of money is what we tried to eat off of. And, you know, it's, we used for gas. And once we got there, our friend that lived there helped us out, too. So we made it. We survived and everything was fine. But I, I I'd saved up to get this pair of jeans that, you know, at that time, online shopping wasn't really something that I, that I really participated in or knew about. So I knew I had to get these specific jeans from a specific department store in New York City. So I was ready to buy these true religion jeans. So I I buy these new religion jeans and I love these true religion jeans. And I wore these true religion jeans until they were, until this part of the story, (laughs) wore them for for a couple years. Um, So I come home one day and I sit down on my bed and I could tell that my pants were wet from where I'd been sitting there for a moment. So I get up and, you know, I look around and I'm 
like, why are my pants wet? And then I touched the bed and I realized that the bed's wet. And I, I just, I couldn't understand. And there was a strong, strong aroma in the air that I couldn't quite put my hand on what the aroma was that I was smelling. Um, so I, I, I take my jeans off and I go to my closet because I'm going to obviously change clothes and, and put a, something different on. And I was going to proudly go try to wash my jeans that I love so much because I didn't know why they were wet and I wanted to make sure they were taken care of. So I take the jeans off and I reach in my closet and I realize that my clothes were wet in my closet a lot not it's kind of like sporadic and and then I immediately recognized the smell of what this what the aroma was in the air and it was bleach so I walked into the bathroom and realized that there's a open thing of bleach in the floor and I thought oh maybe this this my dad's you know wife now girlfriend at the time had been cleaning and it, it just kind of hit me in that moment that she had poured bleach on my bed and sort of, I guess, sloshed them into my closet on my clothes because after a couple of minutes, the bed sheets and that jean and those clothes in that closet begin to, to bleach. They begin to lighten in color the areas that they got bleach on them. So I, I knew what happened and I did confront her about it and it, it was true. She she did do it and she did it because um, her reasoning was that because I was gay and that my bed was a dirty bed and that my clothes were dirty because I wore them. And um, I won't go any further into the story, but that, that was her reasoning and I think at some point we were able to kind of talk through that and sexuality and, you know, my stance as a Christian man. And I think we were able to make a little bit of progress as time went on after that, as hurt as I was by that and by many other stories that I won't go into detail about. Um, And I'll share one last incident with you. And this was probably the most significant one. And it was towards the end of what would have been my relationship with her um, and being able to put up with what she was doing to me mentally. So I, I walk upstairs one day and I'm going to go get something to drink and something to eat out of the refrigerator. And there's on the refrigerator there was a note on a yellow notepad um, that had been ripped out and written in black permanent marker. And this is important that you know that it was the whole, it was just a yellow piece of notebook paper or, you know, pad paper. And the only thing that was on it was written in black. So the note said, it called my dad's name and said, don't forget to pick up the present And I say present because it wasn't plural. So don't forget to pick up the present and the rings, plural rings, from the happy, not plural, family member. So my dad's name, don't forget to pick up the present and the rings from the happy family member. And 
that note, I knew what she meant by that note because I knew that they were leaving to go to Gatlinburg. Um, anybody that knows about Gatlinburg, Tennessee knows that it's a place, it's kind of like a, the Vegas of the South, right? It's a place that you can go and get hitched, so to speak. You can go and, you know, get married. And I, it was her way of, of saying, I'm going to, I'm marrying your father. And, you know, obviously he hadn't told me that at the time. So I guess that was just her way of wanting me to know that that's why they were going to Gatlinburg. Because I did know they were going to Gatlinburg that weekend. So I just sort of took it down. Keep in mind, I am the only one that comes into that house other than friends of mine um, and my dad. And then at that time, her, his girlfriend. So I took that note down because I didn't want to read it anymore or see it anymore. And I crumpled it up and I put it in the trash can. I went to bed that night. They must have woke up uh, much earlier than I had and had already left. So when I woke up, no one was at the house. And I walked upstairs and went to the refrigerator to get something to drink. I'm sure knowing me, I was looking for sweet tea. Um, But I opened the refrigerator and immediately realized as I'm opening the refrigerator that that note has been put back on the refrigerator with a magnet again. So I closed it back and I realized that it's the same note that's been uncrinkled, taken out of the trash can, put back on the refrigerator, except there was red permanent marker writing added to the piece of paper. And in red permanent marker was a date. And that date was my mom's birthday, which was that exact date that I had opened that refrigerator that day this day that I'm talking about she had planned this entire thing to set it up where she would make sure that she knew that I thought that her and my father were getting married on the exact same day that my mother was born um that was really difficult you know that was hard there was a lot of anger in that moment there was a lot of sadness in that moment um i talked to my dad about these things and you know mine and my dad's relationship is is really good now and this is sort of past stuff to to get to to the point of today's topic but I would say that that was really, really difficult, you know, that she had, she had done that. And right prior to that, there was a voicemail. So my mom had a cell phone and her voicemail had her voice on it, obviously. And about two days before she had wrote this letter and they had left to go out of town, she had purposefully deleted that voicemail. Um, and that voicemail was something that, that I would call and I would listen to daily. And she knew that I had opened up to her about that and opened up to my dad about it. And I did it so I could, you know, hear my mother's voice still. And she had changed it. And I know because I called it to listen to my, my mother's voice. And she said, this is no longer Faye, which was my mother's name. This is no longer Faye's phone this is uh the new woman in town's phone and 
Faye is no more. So please stop calling this number. And that was the voicemail. Um, so a lot led up to a point where I was just mentally broken, still grieving over the loss of my mother, um, and, and trying to be excited about what my dreams were and what I wanted to accomplish as a young man, as a dreamer, um, as a hard worker, um, somebody who just had my whole life ahead of me. You know, I was trying to stay focused on the positive, even through this sort of negativity that was taking place right there in my circumstances and in, in my home. Uh, I left for California and, you know, that's another story for another day and had a great experience and learned a lot about myself and jump started my career. And it was probably about, I don't know, I guess, I'd say a good year, year ago, maybe two years ago. I would say maybe it took two years ago. So, goodness gracious, almost 12, 13, almost 13 years. 12, 13 years at this point. I'm so bad with time, timing. But 12, about 12 years is is what I would guess is how long it took for me to truly get to a point where I can tell you now that I know what forgiveness is. And I'm thankful for the circumstances that I was placed in and for this unfortunate at the time, so it seemed, relationship that I had with this woman because she taught me and she was a big part of circumstances being placed in my life and relationships in my life that felt like I had no control over, that contributed to what I can now tell you I was able to forgive. Um, it was a lot of thought that went into it over the years. There was a lot of dreams at night of, if I'm honest with you, of those dreams, I would wake up trying to hit her or trying to want to harm her because I was, I'm sure, so angry at her and so hurt by her. And I remembered so many dreams, like I would try to punch and I couldn't, my arm wouldn't move and she would you know, hit me in the dream and I couldn't hit back. And yeah, there, there was a lot of time and a lot of thought and a lot of hurt and resentment, anger and dreams, all these things over all of these years. And just one day in prayer, God just simply made my heart feel Like it was time for me to forgive her. And what he made my heart feel was that it wasn't a phone call to her to say, hey, I forgive you. It wasn't a phone call to my dad to say, hey, I forgive her for what she did to me. Will you let her know? It wasn't a phone call. It wasn't an in-person conversation with her, the person who I had been hurt by. That's not what it was. 
It was this feeling in my being, in every fiber of, if there's a soul inside of us, in every thought of every piece of interaction between our brain and our heart and our brain and our emotional state of mind that just made me feel like I had forgave her. I felt forgiveness felt like peace. It felt like I didn't have a burden. I didn't feel a sense of anger towards her anymore. It felt like what love feels like. So let me say that again. Forgiveness, once you truly are able to act on that, what forgiveness feels like to me is what love feels like to me. I can honestly tell you since these years have passed and I have forgiven her, genuinely forgiven her through Christ and in Christ, I love her and I love her no more or no less than I love any other human being on this earth. I have had great conversations with her through some really difficult times over the past couple years and especially up in the recent um, past couple of months where I've tried to be a friend and a listener and somebody that just simply is there to love through some really hardships that she's gone through in her life um, just recently. And not one time did I, I expect anything in return from her, nor did I ever have to tell her that I forgave her for her actions prior. Um, I hope that if somebody has done something to you in your life, if, it, if it's your dad's wife, new wife, it's, if it's your biological father, your biological mother, your brother, your sister, a friend, a mentor, a pastor, uh, a child, I hope that if somebody has hurt you, in any way, shape, or form, and you're carrying that with you, and you're feeling the feelings of anger and hurt and sadness, maybe even guilt or shame because of something that has been done to you, I truly pray and I truly hope that you can understand what forgiveness means to you. For me, again, forgiveness was a feeling of letting go and going back to that just simple, innocent place of just simply loving and not expecting an I'm sorry and not expecting from myself to call and say, I forgive you. It was a mental decision to forgive and it was a, in my heart 
it was a peace and it was a choice for my heart to choose love forgiveness to me equals love i hope you can forgive and i hope you can find for you that same love through those circumstances that even led you to a place where you needed to forgive whoever it is that you may need to forgive i hope you have a great day today and i hope you'll do something just without wanting anything in return for somebody go smile at a stranger it could save their life god bless you